Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 20 of Daffy's Roundtable. This week is our continuation of the shrimp talk with Theo. And so without further ado, let's dive right back in. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Theo Tsangas. The last little yeah. tidbit of, uh, of, of kinda, that I've observed um, is shrimp in a shrimp-only tank will behave differently than shrimp in a community tank. That's very interesting. So shrimp in a community tank, you'll see them walking around the bottom. If there's a lot of predators around, you won't see them as much. They'll learn that. They'll be sort of hiding uh, in darker places. They'll be hiding in the plants. Um, you'll probably see them come out for food, uh, but unless you have lots and lots of shrimp, you won't see them as much. Um, in a, in a shrimp-only tank, and especially a shrimp tank where gen the generations have been born and have grown up free of predators, their behavior will start to change. And I would think that this is a learned behavior that they understand that they don't need to uh, be as elusive. Um, I, in my shrimp only tanks, which I don't see as often, or perhaps at all, in my community tanks, I see shrimp going everywhere at all times. I see shrimp swimming in open water, and um, I even will see shrimp sort of um, almost interacting with my presence. Interesting. Um, oh, so like, do you find they come out sort of to the front of the glass? A little bit. That's very interesting. Bit. I don't know, like, if this is. I, uh, like completely credible, I believe uh, it. but um, I have noticed when I am in my uh, fish room that the longer I spend in my fish room, the more the shrimp uh, sort of come up towards the, um, the front of the glass. It's very interesting. So just a quick caveat or whatever you want to call it here. Um, you obviously have heard the term like uh, goldfish brain and like people saying like fish are very stupid and no personality and whatever. And I've mentioned this a few times before and I've had people comment like no way or whatever, but all my fish know who I am. Oh yeah. 100% know exactly who I am and they will come out to the front of the glass and eat. I haven't. So unfortunately, I, I no longer keep any um, shrimp only tanks. Uh, you see both my like my red cherries are with the newts and the uh, yellows are with the peacock gudgeon. So, I also have seen, um, to a certain extent, not to the extent you're describing, but to a certain extent, the, the difference in behavior. But it's interesting to me that, and I, again, I completely believe it, that shrimp would also learn this and come off to the front. No, and yeah. it's, it's very minor. So I, I, it's not as much as uh, like other animals. For sure. And uh, yeah, goldfish brain, like the more you work with animals, the more you find on many metrics that uh, humans true. aren't so smart. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah I, you got to look close. You got to look yeah. very closely. And uh, these, these little things, they've got a lot going on. Um, yeah. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Um, Okay, and then another big topic that we definitely have to dive into is um, like food and supplementation, all of that. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, um, when I was at your house and we that that video that I was talking about earlier where we fed the shrimp of Bashi, I believe you put it into a little disc or a bowl 
kind of thing and i've seen this um like if you watch flip aquatics yeah. or any of the big shrimpers on on youtube you see this little boat so do you want to talk about that boat a little bit what's yeah, the advantage you should like? have mentioned that when we were talking about building tanks so no, the, like a lot of us uh like to have like a little deli cup or a little glass bowl where you're actually putting the food directly into it and that prevents the food from sort of just breaking down and entering your substrate. So I don't grab a vacuum at all or, or very much um, because all of my food is going directly into a little, little nice little convenient bowl. Um, it's not the most aesthetically pleasing. Okay. Uh, obviously. Um, it's not as natural as it yeah, of course, there, of course. Of course. Yeah. A funny little comment, like uh, one time I had like a little fish trap in my saltwater tank. It's like this plastic bottle. And my friend was like, oh, you're trying to replicate the natural <laughs> ocean. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so I, on my shrimp only tanks, where I'm not a, looking to have some type of award-winning aquascape, I like to use a little bowl that I put the food directly into. And if I need to pull out the food if they're not interested, which is rare. Um, I can just easily go in, pull it out, remove the food, put the bowl back in. Um, so yeah, I think the bowl is useful, um, not necessary. And uh, yeah, in that tank, that video, I can't remember because I've sort of messed around with that tank a little bit since we took that video. But um, you can also have, like sometimes I'll just, throw it into moss yes something like was that, that was that what the video was i think it might have been yeah yeah so right. that that tank had two sponge filters that were on the sides right. bent in to create kind of like a little bridge yes and on that one the bridge moss is growing so i put the food onto the moss and the little particulates kind of sink into the moss yeah so then all the babies um, get it yeah it's not as effective of a uh preventing food from going everywhere but it's it was a kind of little cool little uh feature of the tank that uh came apart fairly naturally it's it's a beautiful looking tank for sure um okay so it's then, in ruins now just so everybody knows oh is it actually yeah well, i just pulled it completely apart because <laughs> okay. of uh our undesirable friends okay yes we'll and we'll get to those undesirable friends in, in just a minute but on the topic of food um how often, first of all, before we talk about what you feed, how often are you feeding? Um, I know you have a little spiel for this one. <laughs> when, let me start by saying, when I'm, we are still sort of um, customer service representatives and we are, we, we're, we teach the public quite a bit. Yes. So when I talk to a new shrimp owner or, or it goes beyond shrimp, um, I like to test out what, how hungry my tank is. Okay. So say when someone buys five shrimp, they're going to need to feed at a frequency that is different than a tank that has a hundred shrimp. Of course. So I like to put, when, I, when I'm talking to a customer, I say, try a small bit of food every two or three days. If you don't find that your shrimp or your snails or your other fish have too much interest in it, um, that means that there is enough natural food source growing in the aquarium to sustain the colony. When you start to get 
a thriving colony, supplementing, they will consume the natural food uh, quickly. So you will need to supplement with something. Um, I you feed my thriving shrimp tanks every two or three days. Okay. okay. Yeah. And I like to use, before I was throwing a lot of different things in there, throwing, just trying everything to see what's working well. Yeah. I, I'm kind of at that stage. <laughs> I still use a good amount of things, yeah. uh, but not, not everything. Cause I have found things that I feel that I have observed are increasing the amount of babies that are surviving and other things that I feel that are just extra. Pointless kind of useless. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. still gonna eat it, but it's not, not doing much. Okay. So yeah, shrimp food. The adult shrimp will eat lots of different things. They're scavengers. Yeah. Uh, in my community tanks, I'll see them grab flakes and, and scurry off with them. Like yeah. uh, but in my shrimp only tanks, I will use pellets like kelp wafers i'll use shrimp specific pellets and i like to use a lot of rapashi okay. um both you and i like rapashi a uh, big rapashi fan yes, yes. They, <laughs> they, they they produce good stuff yes they do yes. Uh, for everything yeah and, he, and he's, they've got a good sense of humor too which <laughs> you gotta appreciate yes yes um so, <laughs> so what rapashi do you use <laughs> i i use a lot of different ones <laughs> everything but morningwood everything but <laughs> like morningwood we use for the isopods um they used to have a shrimp specific one but for some friggin' stupid reason, they don't have the shrimp specific one. Apparently not a lot of shrimp people out there. Okay. Um, but I do like to use the community one. I use the grub pie. I use the two ones that I think are closest to the shrimp specific one. Because I still have an ancient old bottle that is just the bottle for, for artifact's sake of the shrimp specific one. <laughs> the goldfish one and the soylent green one tend to be the closest ones, okay. I believe. Uh, spawn and grow. I would only use for, uh, I don't use for shrimp, I use it for breeding fish. And morning wood, um, I use for isopods. I don't use morning wood in fish tanks anymore. Okay. Yeah. So I use rapashi fairly regularly. Uh, I, you gotta be careful not to overfeed it, but it is a very good food source. I, like I, I could just say that the shrimp go crazy for it. Yeah. And I think a beneficial part about feeding, a, like an important element of food for adult shrimp is the ability for the shrimp to take small portions and run away with it. Because right. if you find, if you have like a hundred shrimp fighting for one little piece, um, is not ideal. Right. Um, so the rapashi, for those people that don't know, starts as a powder, you mix boiling water into it and it becomes kind of like jello. So every two weeks I make a new batch of rapashi and it might just fill a deli cup and I literally walk around my tanks with a spoon and spoon out small portions. And um, you gotta be careful with, with using it for all tanks because it's very easy to overfeed with it. But the shrimp come, it's nice and soft. They take little pieces of it and they go, they go into somewhere more comfortable with it. Um, yeah. Whereas if you're using something like a kelp wafer, which I do routinely, um, you'll find that they're all piling onto it and they're fighting for it. Or they probably, I don't think that they're necessarily uh, encountering too much stress yeah. doing it. 
but um, it's they're not accessing the food as easy. They're fighting for it. Yeah, for sure. So so feeding the adults that that's what I use. Um, I also use several things to uh, improve both the health and of the shrimp and how many babies are reaching adulthood. That was one of my questions for you. How do you increase the survival rate? Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Tell, tell us. <laughs> There's, I'm not trying to be a snake oil salesman. I'm not trying to... I always practice what I preach. Um, I go with a few different products which I feel I have seen have positive effects. So one is powdered foods that you broadcast feed into the tank that go everywhere that coat uh, the walls and all the surface area for all your little shrimp to get because oftentimes um, the little shrimp even in shrimp only tanks won't be as bold as the adult shrimp so they'll tend to hide in places where they feel safe I want the food to come to them right so I use things like spirulina powder I use baby shrimp powdered food um and i also use a type of powdered food that is for their immune system um so the one that i like to use a lot is gemchem polycase i think that's the word uh so it is specifically it is like i think three enzymes in a bacteria culture something like that interesting and it's marketed to increase their immune system might be snake oil <laughs> I, when that was the one that when I started to use it, I noticed with, in a short amount of time, I was seeing more babies in the tank and more babies getting older. So there's a relationship in biology that the more babies an animal has, the less are meant to make it to reproductive age. For sure. Mammals, we have few babies most of them are meant to make it to reproductive age. A invertebrate, like a cockroach say, has lots and lots of babies and only the strongest genetics, quote unquote, will meant to make it to reproductive age. Right. And that's a good natural sort of natural selection so that the strongest genetics make up more of the next generations. In captivity, we remove a lot of these natural pressures. Right. We are providing an abundance of food for our animals. We are preventing them from getting sick. So we are removing natural selection to some extent. And I think doing what we can to improve the health of our animals, even if it means that we are preventing animals that in the wild would die, that they survive, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, so the powder foods, um, last, last powder food, which is also very important, I feel, is something that increases biofilm production. Okay. Um, I don't know if we're supposed to be mentioning products. No, you, I've can, already been mentioning you, products. You, you can go ahead and do yeah, it. Yeah, so, no, yeah, I was going to ask you if there's a specific brand that Gla you... Glass Garden, yeah. uh, it's a German brand. It comes in these very sleek little black I containers bring it up, put a picture uh, yes i agree very sleek <laughs> their best product is in my opinion is called bacteria ae and it is a biofilm supplement and i also put that into the uh, rotation 
Um, and that's another one. You don't want to overdo it, but a little bit goes a long way. And I, so I use kind of my old burnout brain doesn't work amazingly, but the rotation is every three days I put in, um, two or three days I put in a solid food. And one of the days in between those, I put in one of my, the different powders in my rotation. Okay. Um, so I use maybe I've got four or five different types of powder. I use it maybe one every week and a half. And I feel that between the different powders, um, I'm getting more babies to survive. Very interesting. Yep. I actually had the experience where I ordered this food from China and uh, couldn't read anything on, on the label at all. But that's the, the one good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. And then the one thing that was in English was increased survival rate. Mm -hmm. And um, like you said, with using the, I think it was the poly taste that you said, yep. uh, you immediately saw significant results. That was the one thing that I immediately saw significant results from as well. But then it finished and I could never find it to buy it again. Mm. Um, so I assume it's probably the same as maybe is what the polytase does. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's we do what we do what we can. It's, yeah. And some people that being said, like these, this is what works for me. Some people don't use anything. Yeah. Like some people I've heard one of our crystal breeders, like she won't feed the tank like almost period. And that's all like minimally, like once every two couple weeks. Wow. And their shrimp, her, her shrimp are amazing. Uh, so there's different ways of doing it. Of course. Um, I, I like feeding. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. I enjoy the process. Of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, so we, we get something as humans. It's selfish. We get something out of it. Yeah. Feeding our animals. It's one, our way to interact with them. And we, we try to improve their lives so yeah what we can exactly yeah um so powders solids yeah the other thing that um people tend to put them in their lineups is botanicals right so and this is something you commonly hear like every shrimp tutorial or anything about setting up a shrimp tank you always hear indian almond leaves indian almond leaves so yeah, why <laughs> almond leaves are great okay. um i botanicals in general yeah, so there's a lot of botanicals, first of all. Yeah. Like, I don't, I've used many, and now I, I use only a few different types. So almond leaves are, we, it's, it's a common one. We use a lot of it. Um, it release, a lot of botanicals, including wood, will release tannins into the aquarium. Right. Tannins make the water dark, they make the water a little bit more acidic. It's tannic acid. And it is a natural antibacterial antifungal. Um, so I use it, we use it with a lot of our sort of um, Amazonian fish in particular. Uh, and, and Southeast Asian uh, doesn't appear in the ocean, but uh, it has a lot of, like a lot of the sort of wise, individuals, men and women that I've talked to will say that it has a lot of effects that um, are hard to quantify, that it affects their hormones Interesting. and it adds trace elements to the water. Okay. Um, so that's hard to um, really pin down, mm -hmm. but I have definitely seen um, tannins work very well for betas and epistos. I can say the same for uh, tadpoles. Yeah. So that's, that's not the way. Yeah. yeah. So tannins and 
I don't I don't use as many tannins with shrimp as I do with most of my fish, mm -hmm. but almond leaves are beneficial for shrimp in and where they're not for fish as much in that it any botanical will grow um, the biofilm on it and the shrimp as the as the leaf breaks down the shrimp will eat it the shrimp itself will eat it um, so Indian almond leaves one of the two leaves that I use the other leaf that I use is mulberry okay mulberry I'm, I'm really that's the plant that's on the top of my list I really want to get a mulberry tree like like a okay yeah like actual tree yeah um the leaves are very desirable to uh shrimp so a lot um, of animals I believe yeah well like yeah the silkworms silkworms, them, yeah, they, yeah. They, silkworms need them yeah but um where when you put an almond leaf in a shrimp tank shrimp won't pay too much attention to it they'll maybe graze off it a little bit as it breaks down you'll start to see the shrimp actually be eating it mulberry leaf i put into a thriving shrimp tank there it's covered with shrimp very wow. very quickly and it's gone very quickly too probably yes yeah, wow. yeah. so mulberries also tends to be like a finer leaf yeah. but yeah it's a food source so it doesn't have as much tannins but the shrimp eat it and um i i don't know as much about how it benefits their their nutrition but uh they seem to like it so i like to give it to them that's very interesting yeah the last botanical that i like to use are alder cones um and, and there's other cones out there yeah. but the cones both have a good amount of tannins um they're pretty yes and their structure like if you think of a cone uh, they're the little like sort of pointy parts of a cone they call a scale uh, so if you think of it it has a lot of surface area yeah and the particles of food that go by get trapped in the little scales yeah so you'll actually see shrimp digging into the scales and pulling bits of food out of it okay. so cones you don't use too much of them uh, because they will also add tannins too much too much tannins you got to be careful with but I do like to routinely, every month or so, add some cones to all my shrimp tanks. Um, I do see them actively using the cones. And do they completely disintegrate like the Indian almond leaves and the mulberry? For me, they disintegrate fairly slowly. Okay. I'm, I've, Jay has talked about cones breaking down very quickly. He's seen. Uh, I have not seen them break down as quickly. Um, they do eventually become almost like, like you can see like almost like the spine of the cone. Yeah. Uh, eventually they will become consumed. But for me, they'll, I'll see cones in there for multiple months, like generations of cones. Yeah. And um, I, I'd, I'd say that they're probably, even when the, when the shrimp are consuming the actual material of the cone, it's probably beneficial to them. Beneficial to them. Very interesting. Yeah. No, I only ask because I also use the cones um, again for my tadpoles, and I didn't. I the first cone I've ever put in is probably still somewhere around when they. I never had a breakdown like leaves, so I really do enjoy them as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I find easier because also when the leaves break down too much, they also create a bit of like mum on the bottom that yeah. the cones don't. So mm -hmm. that's that's another. And again, mentioned bare bottom tags. So that where I can avoid yeah, that, yeah, I, I, I really careful. try. Yeah, hundred percent um that's very interesting and then um so yeah so so that i guess pretty much you just covered everything on um 
on feeling sugar. Is there any of the powdered, uh, not powdered, any of the solid foods besides ripashi and kelp wafers that you recommend? Fell eats anything. anything. Okay. Um, yeah. So can confirm. <laughs> like just about anything. I wouldn't put like pizza in there. Uh, but, uh, like... Why not pizza party? <laughs> yeah, no, so sometimes I want to, sometimes I want to pour coffee into them. <laughs> I've, I've resisted that urge. Yeah. Um, I, they like, like, they like blanched cucumber, they like blanched zucchini, people use sweet potato. I, I see lots of crazy stuff going into there, like, yeah. I've seen people, like, using watermelon, lots of interesting stuff, and I'm sure, like, any animal can benefit from a di diverse nutrition. Um, but just cause I think I've got a lot of different products. Yes. Yeah. I just like to sort of yeah. standardize it. I don't use as much fresh vegetables and foods in my aquariums. Yeah. To come back and pull them out. That's why. Yeah. yeah that too. Yeah. That too. Uh, yeah. So I'd rather, I, I'd rather, um, just like I, I do use a lot of things, like yeah, a, a good amount of things. For sure, yeah. But I, I have slowly begun to restrict what I use, uh, so that um, my hobbies or my passion are a little bit more efficient and don't take up a huge amount of my free time. Although both you and I talk about how we enjoy taking care of the our free, animals. Yeah, like, me yeah. and you, we both, we both have a science background yes we both enjoy the the, the actual the, care as well yeah, yeah. so it's, it's not just about uh, having the animals it's the it's the process and the and the learning and, and about keeping them as well and the yeah. research everything yeah 100 percent. And, and we we both evolve right we, we all evolve so it's who knows next year might have slightly different strategies but uh, we'll have to do a shrimp part two and then <laughs> talk about those different strategies yeah. then <laughs> yeah awesome um Okay, and then so we've mentioned already a few times over over the span of this episode the um, the evil un undesirables. Um, so there's quite a few of them. I think uh, personally, I've had I think most of them uh, uh, or experienced with most of them in both shrimp tanks and not shrimp tanks. I assume it's the same thing for you. Um, do you want to maybe break down the the ones you're most or, or the one the worst three or however you want to yeah. split them up? Or? Yeah, well that's. It's, it's part of the part of the beauty of a shrimp tank is that you have a lot of biodiversity accumulating because you don't have predators to control all the little creatures that um, are living in your aquariums. Right. So things like detritus worms, they happen or they, they exist in, in basically all aquariums. In my perspective, they are good guys. I, 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 I don't mind seeing little detritus worms in the aquarium. Um, planaria, which are triangular headed flatworms, although there are many different types of flatworms, have a bad reputation that many of us wonder if the bad reputation is really deserved. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard a lot of different things about them, um, and I think the most common, this is my experience um, and perspective, I think the most common forms of planaria will not attack living animals. Okay. Um, I've never seen it either. 
I've seen it once. Okay. I've seen one time we got a bag of shrimp for, from a larger distributor and there was a worm on one of the shrimp. I don't, I didn't see a triangular head. So this is where I, I think that there are many different species okay. um, or I know that there are many different species and some act differently than others. I don't believe planaria are going to go after living shrimp. I don't even really think that they would go after a molting shrimp. I don't think. Some people also say that they secrete something that may be not good for shrimp or when like planaria are on the food that they make the food not as great for shrimp. Interesting. I don't freak out when I see planaria. Okay. If I see a population of planaria increasing in a tank, I start to consider taking action because they are consuming the resources that the shrimp that like I want I'll the compete, shrimp. I'll compete with the shrimp. Yeah. So planaria are also extremely easy to deal with. Uh, there are multiple products out there that, if you follow directions, will kill planaria without hurting your shrimp. Okay. Um, it's a lot, it's the same with like a lot of pathogens where you want to treat it and then wait for a couple weeks or a week for the next generation to hatch because maybe the treatment kills the adults and not the eggs nice, yeah. and then you treat it again and kill them. Um, I think the danger of treating planaria is when you use something like that, say it kills everything that doesn't have a shell you suddenly have a lot of dead things in your tank. Right. So the decay of all these animals can pollute your water. That's why it can be dangerous. That's why you follow the directions, you do your water changes. Mm -hmm. I don't worry about planaria. So you don't choose for it when you see it? I, I when, when it's accumulating, I do. You do. If I see one or two flatworms, like, ugh, okay. don't care. Cool. Um, Hydra. Or the one next of the on my list. Plants kind of looking one, right? Yeah, hydra are little anemones. Yes. Um, so it's like a little body with a suction cup on the end. You'll see it attached to any surface. And like an anemone, it has like a flower of stingers. Mm -hmm. So I've never seen a hydra kill an animal. I think they're going after microscopic things or very small things. But I have seen one time in particular, I saw a snail go by, get sting by, by the hydra and curl up and fall down. Okay. Um, and people say that when an animal gets stung by a planary or by a hydra, that's a wound and that wound can be infected. So planaria for me, one threat level higher. When I see planaria. I mean hydra. Oh yeah, sorry. Hydra one step, step above planaria. Yeah, okay. When I see it, I put it in my schedule to dose the tank. And Hydra also very easy to deal with. What do you dose with? I use no planaria. No planaria for Hydra as well. Yep. Okay. Kills them too. Yeah. Uh, some people will use like a little airline tubing, start a suction, and start pulling them out. That's what I do. Yeah, I just don't it's think it's headache. that effective. It's not, it's not. I uh, it's not worth like, it. Like, you're not, you're not killing all of them. You're, you're taking a bunch of it. 
just just use no planaria it's expensive or it's it's, it's got a cost but it's good to have in your arsenal for when you need to deal with them mm -hmm. uh no planaria it, they say it can affect snails negatively i really haven't seen it affect snails negatively okay. i do try to pull out the snails that like that matter to you the, yeah, yeah like the, the, the nice red ram's horns yeah. i try to bait them pull them out put them into another tank yeah. um but no planaria is effective okay let me tell you how i deal with hydro okay um because i had a period when i set up these um whatever i can't count right now five 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 gallons um i got hydra in all of them mm. at the same time mm -hmm. and i was doing the whole um and it was pointless and i didn't want to put any chemicals inside because i had a lot of baby fish in them because i was just raising um in these two and the and the other two i was raising pistols and these two i was raising killifish so i didn't want to do that um i just lessened the feeding increased the water changes and i kind of let it ride out and i got more hydra than i had ever seen in my entire life and then within three days all of it was gone really i feel like it's the resources maybe? crashed like used up all the resources boomed and then population crashed because i lost them in all my tanks almost within like within a two week span they boomed and gone from all the tanks okay so were there fish in that tank in those tanks not fish big enough to eat hydro like i'm talking like baby baby epistos baby killifish and like. you were still feeding the tanks that's another thing i lessened the feeding quite a bit as well okay i lessened feeding quite a bit as well huh so you know how i feed my baby fish four times a day i was yeah. doing once every two days at that point okay do you think did you observe any fish not doing well no the hydra no interesting yeah no I, I okay so that's another thing you said you've seen the snail i've seen that with a shrimp i've seen a shrimp swim up and kind of land close to the hydra and then it'll sting it and it'll, it, nothing happened to the shrimp it just kind of swam back you know how they like mm -hmm. just kind of disappeared in the back of the aquarium that was that was it i've never seen any other um negative effect from it yeah yeah so other than it looking bad and covering up the entire aquarium <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. Uh, yeah me and you have similar but that's that's the beauty of these of these things that me and you have slightly different ways of dealing with it and yeah. we have slightly different perspectives on it yeah um every every aquarium is its own uh, ecosystem for sure yeah. yep yep i just uh yeah i hydra it happens you can deal with it so one level above planaria yeah okay is there a level above that that we should be there is there a is. level above that. <laughs> okay what is that uh, something that has like i got i got two enemies well actually duckweed is not as much of an enemy i i can handle duckweed i know what your two enemies are <laughs> yes you do yes you do everyone that is close to me knows my <laughs> yeah. so my one enemy is Giva. yes so do you want to maybe quick quick what is Giva? Giva is like a little plant it's not doesn't bother really anything but it goes everywhere it's really hard to get out of your cream when yeah. you get inside it so that's it's taken me some time to remove the gibba from both the store aquariums which is still an ongoing battle yes. and my own aquariums which i have successfully defeated in many of my tanks i think i have as well i fingers crossed but i believe i have as well yeah yes. so gibba is not it's not gonna hurt anything no um but it's a pain to deal with right and it is a plant it is a plant. Right. It is a uh, bladder wart. Okay. It has a little suction, like it looks like a little string with dots. Yes. And the little dots is a little like head that is a suction cup, suction trap. Um, so when a tiny microorganism, not a shrimp, something we can't see, goes by, it sucks it in and eats it. Yeah. 
so it's cool in its own way. Uh, a lot of people really like it, and apparently there's a way to like carpet it. I've never really done it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I just it's it's hard to control. I wonder uh, if you'd have to do it in the dry start method. Break yeah. up a bunch of gibba and just put it all over the substrate and yeah, keep it really I humid. Looked into it super yeah. much, but apparently, yeah, it's. The interesting, interesting, yeah, the interesting about thing about Gibba is the reason, I guess not the interesting, the reason it's impossible to get rid of is because it's very easy. It breaks really easily like up grass. Yeah. So if you leave one part of it in the aquarium, it spreads all over again. So it's kind of, as you said, it, an ongoing battle. It fragments and if, yeah. if like planaria will do it too. Like if there is a tiny section of this organism, you're still dealing with it. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, so, so your second enemy, which is the one that my biggest enemy, your biggest enemy, yes, that I have all my new shrimp tanks are finally are, are free of them. My older shrimp tanks had accumulated scuds. So scuds, we'll put a picture, I assume. Yes, we will. Yes, little crustacean, uh, looks like an isopod. Um, they sort of scoot around the tank um very easy to pick up from plants uh they make pretty good fish food although i don't put them into i i, I used to kind of use them for my bettas and stuff but um i don't risk it now uh they can slowly take over an aquarium and not only can they take over an aquarium because planaria can do that too they are very difficult to get rid of. They have a shell, no planaria does not work on them. Um, I have let tanks go dry in order to defeat them. Um, As in dry the substrate and everything? Yep, yeah, just let it go completely dry. And even when it goes dry, I like when I fill it back up again, I like pay close attention just in case. I've never seen them come back, although I've seen Malaysian trumpet snails come back, which I like. Yes. Um, Scuds are, um, I think, dangerous to shrimp. Uh, not only will they breed faster and start consuming the resources more than your shrimp, um, they say that the female scuds, after they have had babies, are very protein depleted. Mm. So they will go after baby shrimp. Interesting. And I have certainly seen tanks where the they, the the tank the shrimp stop like you stop seeing babies uh, because in in my uh, I think because of the scuds. Okay. If the scuds get so bad that um, they start depleting their own resources, they'll start munching on your plants. Okay. Yeah. I've had them rip through grass. Uh, they'll eat up your floating plants. They'll eat, they'll destroy moss. And they will even start to eat the, the more like the firmer leaf plants like Anubias and Java fern. Wow. Um, so I need to get them out of there. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my new shrimp tanks, like what I've done is, um, during my isolation for yeah, an yeah. unknown virus yes. that we won't mention here, yeah. uh, where I almost disabled our store. Uh, no one got sick except for me. Um, I spent that time meticulously pulling shrimp out of old tanks, making sure that I didn't bring any scuds 
and put them in two new tanks. I'm still on the observation phase because... You still don't know if they're going to come back. I, I hope not. I have not seen... I've started three new shrimp tanks. Um, all of my... Like, I've got two tanks that are now, like... The water quality is fine, but the scuds are just completely out of control. And I'm still pulling out baby shrimp, or, or like sort of oh, the, the shrimp of, that are getting yeah. bigger. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm feeding it like crazy so that I can, I'm feeding like crazy, doing water changes like crazy, so I can try to save as many baby shrimp as they, or shrimp as they grow up. Um, but they have, uh, they've done a toll on, on my psychology. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, funny. I don't like scuds. Yeah. Um, they happen. They occur in our natural freshwater systems. I was going to ask, I've heard their eggs occur in our tap water. Is that a myth? Is that true? I think there's a lot of things in our tap water that the chloramine neutralizes. Okay. Um, I, I've never seen them occur in... I've never done an experiment. Like in any time where I'm propagating a terrestrial plant, where I'm using the tap water, um, I've never seen like... A, like a snail or a shrimp occur but I would not be surprised if there is biology that is rendered inert from the chloramine and then us removing the chloramine makes them come in because a lot of people like wonder like on fresh tanks you'll get like detritus worms and stuff like that so what we're drinking like it's, it's we're, we're a part of the nature like we're our tap water has got some might have some interesting things in it but it's very interesting I will tell you that I've I I have them um I've never seen them so far. So those two bare bottom tanks have them in them because I was using them to feed fish because uh, again, I, they're, they're going crazy in this one, but the new tanks that I've set up and it's only been like a month or two, but I haven't seen any or in general, I'm trying to think back now. I don't think I've seen scuds in bare bottom tanks as much as I've seen them in my tanks with gravels in them. So I even wonder if that also maybe that makes sense. And also they're not as much of a threat and in fact they're no threat really in a tank where there are fish right yes because the fish they're they're a good food source yeah um it provides sort of stimulation for fish um and chasing life foods yeah yep, good nutrition yeah um but um in a shrimp tank where the shrimp are not going to eat them um they they cause problems and if you can prevent yourself from getting them and control and really thoroughly control them before they get out of hand i really recommend it whenever i take shrimp home now like with all my fish I, i'm pretty comfortable putting this store water into your aquarium yes. yeah. yeah so when, when we're getting something shipped to us from far away which we try to limit local production yes uh we tried we try to remove the water because the water one uh, has accumulated a lot of ammonia from the fish or whatever it's being shipped and they potentially put meds in it to slow the metabolism right down so that the fish are potentially arrive better so I, I wouldn't put that in my tanks when I get a fish or a plant from a store I do quarantine now um, I haven't had too many problems but I do like to keep an eye on things I quarantine a fish for a couple weeks but I quarantine them, all of my tanks are planted. Uh, I quarantine them in a small aquarium and I don't mind putting the water in the tank, except with shrimp. Except with shrimp, and that's because of the scuds? Yes. Okay. I, yeah. 
When I, after I acclimatize a shrimp, I pour it into a bucket and I remove the shrimp with the net. Yeah. I don't like scuds. Uh, that's the that's the only reason why I'm very careful mm-hmm. is because um, I have seen them have a negative impact on the shrimp tank and uh, yep they they're a natural part of, of an aquarium uh, just like snails just like flatworms you're getting stuff from people it's it's good it's good to have diversity but in a shrimp tank you gotta be more careful hundred percent. Awesome. In that case, um, I think that's about all the questions I had on the shrimp topic. Um, first of all, thank you very, very, very much for coming on. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And I personally, I don't know about everyone else, but I personally learned so much more about shrimp than, I mean, you know, um, can you let everybody know where they can find you? You can find me on Instagram. He's going uh, to be more active from I, now on. I, I've been saying <laughs> that for a couple of years, but I, I'm going to try uh i think i can't even remember my na- name is uh nature state uh seven it just say seven i i chose that name because uh the state of nature good old hobbs nasty violent and short i like that we like to reverse that when keeping animals captivity make their lives nice and long give them abundance uh try to make them happy i did not know that's why you chose that as your uh username that's very interesting that's a good one i, I like that it's not been used too much, but uh, I try. But um, if not, like I'm still a critter jungle for the time being. I'm I'm in teachers college, but uh, I, I'm a people person. I I am not confirm. Yeah, pe- people and 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 non non people. We're all animals. Yes. I like plants. The cult of the plant. I think that's where <laughs> we all fall. Yes. Um, come check us out at Critter Jungle. Um, yep, and yeah. You, you don't need to find me. Find yourself. <laughs> find yourself. But uh, awesome. yeah, I'd, I'd just like to say, like, Freddy, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank I, you very much. Um, I think you're doing great things. Thank you. And I'm just happy to have, have gotten to know you. Likewise. And uh, I like our, our fishing trips, both uh, down to the river and uh, in a car to Toronto. <laughs> yeah. In Montreal. And um, I hope... Uh, I hope you'll have me back to I, uh, talk about something else. I definitely will. And um, hopefully we can, we'll start planning that next episode as soon as possible. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Thank you very much for saying all that, first of all. Uh, thank you so much for coming on again. And uh, yeah, no, well, for sure. Cheers. <laughs> that's it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Um, once again, Nature State 7. I will have all of his info in the description. And like he said, come visit us at Critter Jungle. Maybe uh, set up your own shrimp tank. We'll have him personally give you some some advice. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. I'm Daffy's Reptiles on all social media. Daffy's Roundtable, find the podcast everywhere. YouTube, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere where you can find podcasts. Thank you so much and we'll see you on the next one.